is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Welcome to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jason Rice. And I'm Jack Fisher. Oh, well, we were just talking <laughs> earlier. I'm staring, I'm staring at the, the Klaus patches have arrived. Crinkle, crinkle. Um, straight off the boat from China. They came in through San Francisco. You'd expect that. And uh, they are not bad looking. What, were they shipped from a uh, truck from Chinatown? I hope so. I have to say With that Kurt Russell drive the the patches exceeded my expectations. They did see. I got the mock up, but uh, the mock up was the um, was the, the whatever the the embroidery instructions sent to the the printer. And they came to you. They didn't go to um, any Baltic countries first. Or, no, no. Yeah. I actually got these patches. They did not go to Czechoslovakia <laughs> first, or the Czech Republic. I yeah. should say the Czech Republic. Um, because we might have talked about it once or twice before that uh, I have been enlisting the services of amazing Chinese factories. You, you've been supporting the economy of our uh, national enemy. Dude, they they loan us most of our money. Oh yeah, yeah they they own. Most if they of wanted us. to take us over, it'd be a simple financial transaction. They have no yeah. interest in taking us over because that would just be that would be tantamount to we would weigh down debt. We would weigh down their economy. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. We I mean we have the same safeties afforded as Thailand and uh, various areas of Indonesia, <laughs> in the fact that uh, it's a loss leader to take them over. <laughs> Like China, you remember that story um, a couple years ago where where China was, they bought a Russian aircraft carrier and they were retrofitting it with... I'm very, very familiar with it, yeah. Right, and and what has come of that? Um, Not a lot that, that we know of. Not a lot that we know of. Because if China needed to have aircraft carriers, it would have them. Instead... And it's it's significant investor in countries that do have aircraft carriers. <laughs> yes, the United States of America has the most aircraft carriers in the world, and China is its primary backer. <laughs> I unfortunately there are just things that I can't talk about. Right, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, there's a thing there. There's things that are common knowledge, and then things that are just humorous to assume. <laughs> So China China invests heavily in significant parts of the world, um, political affiliations notwithstanding, and it has no interest in throwing um, violence at any of them because it affects China's growth. Is there a gross international product? I mean, when you invest heavily in another country, how much of their GDP actually belongs to you? I mean, the Chinese are brilliant in the fact that they are waging economic warfare in a way that... It, it makes the Cold War between the U.S. and Russia look like... Child's um, play. It, child really, play. it really does. It, it's insanely smart. And they did it because we presumed that they weren't insanely smart. <laughs> so, For being a communist country, they are really pushing the capitalists... Well, if you really think about it, in warfare, you use... 
you use uh, the enemy's own weapons against them. The Chinese don't need to believe in capitalism to make it work for them. <laughs> well, um, a Chinese, high-ranking Chinese official uh, was quoted as saying, well, he was asked, um, what do they call uh, their state philosophy? Because it had become evident that they were no longer really capitalism. Right. And he said, we will take the parts of communism that work, we will take the parts of capitalism that work, and we will call it communism. Oh, well. <laughs> well, that's, that's what Stalin did to begin with, isn't it? Uh, the, the point is that they can call it whatever they want. Right. It's working. History will call it something else once everyone decides where the, the dust settles. But that aside, I got my primo sweet dream axe. From a Chinese company that worked with me in my original design. I got number two. Because number one went to uh, some mysterious buyer in the Czech Republic. And we think, you know, uh, Putin has it by now. There's a good chance of that. He should. Well, it would go with his, you know, bad boy rocker persona. And I'd invite him to rock out with the designer of his favorite guitar. But I'm afraid of him. You're afraid that he would take his shirt off and that you couldn't control yourself. <laughs> that is true, especially if I had too many of these. Uh... <laughs> it would be visceral. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure Putin would love that word applied to him. <laughs> I'm just not sure he'd want you applying it to him. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know what goes on at the Kremlin. So I'm looking at the the Klaus patches. And I started with um, a tentative order of 25 that came in at a whopping $2 a piece. So the really funny thing about the Klaus patch, everybody, is I don't like, I'm, on, I'm an online FPS player. I, I love Call of Duty, but more than that, I love Unreal and Battlefield. And in those games... You get to make emblems. You can. You get to make custom emblems, and all the little kids make like, excuse the language, the gayest emblems. Gay, not homosexual. Gay, offensively homosexual, like derogatory. Because you know, little teenage kids. They're thirteen-year-olds. They're, they're trying to find ways to offend you. Ways to offend you and everybody else. Which doesn't offend me when I get killed by a guy with a uh, 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 symbol that's a unicorn with a rainbow coming out of his butt. I think it's hilarious. So, but I know people get mad. Like There's a lot of symbols that are like you mad bro, whatever. So I started off with um, a really cool symbol based on my own, my, my tattoo and everything and then I wanted to start offending people. Right? So do the little thing, why you crying, and everything. And then eventually I went to a rainbow symbol and the word loser or whatever. And I thought, wow, I need to make a pat. I need to make a bunny symbol, you know, because this whole thing's about the vampire bunny. So I made a clip art style Klaus bunny emblem. And when I kill people, and because in, in the Xbox, when you kill someone, you get to hear their reactions as part of the payoff. To like killing somebody in their death, death cam, you hear their mic comes comes on for like two seconds, 
So you Motherfucker, can, I can't. You, can, oh, no. you can hear the reaction, yeah. And, and I heard the reactions after I started flying the Klaus emblem. We'd be like, ah, oh, look, the bunny killed me. <laughs> the bunny, <killed laughs> the bunny. Me. yeah, bitches, the bunny killed you. <laughs> so since I was flying that Klaus, that, that Klaus symbol so long emblem. Um, I decided to put it on the pins for the show, and then I took that and I cleaned it up and I, I took it in the vector program and I sent it off to these people and said, "How much for a patch?" And they came back to me with like uh, a pretty good price, hundred and fifty bucks for a hundred, so a buck fifty a patch. But I didn't want to spend that kind of money if it was going to suck. <laughs> so I kind of uh, so you're probing them, them. Yeah, yeah. Like like horny aliens from the farthest reaches of space. I sent my probe into their Chinese electronic receptacles to ask them. Well, I, for I think you asked them for the probe. Oh, is that it? Yeah. You think this is, the, this is my probing? Yeah. This is you being probed. If you like it, they'll send you a bigger one. So I, I think a lot of people don't come clean with like how much custom stuff like this costs them in bulk. Because even though these came in at two bucks a pop, you know, on the website or whatever, we're gonna sell them for ten bucks. Because you got to pay for shipping, you got design, and and ultimately this kind of thing supports the show. So two dollars for cost, well three dollars for mailing and, <coughs> and time cost, and then the rest profit to help the show. So I'm gonna put these up, uh, the pictures up on the website. And I'll probably put something up to where people can order them, but right now I'm not expecting much in the way of uh, people wanting Klaus patches for a show that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> so right now these are going to uh, fellow podcasters and the early supporters for the Bunny Rabbit tragedies. So I'm really pleased with the quality. I'm I'm definitely impressed. And the stitching's tight. It's got the iron-on back. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it feels smooth. Is that fusible? Huh? Is that feasible backing? Yeah, yeah, that's why, right. that's why it's there. Um, because the non-iron-on back is more open. And folks, if you got a patch whose iron-on has uh, gone the way of the dodo and it no longer works, or is like a seventy-five-year-old husband, penis, little flaccid, yeah, you know, re- a regular hot glue gun does the same job as the the plastic on the back of this. So you can always fix your patches with hot glue. And then when you run them through the washer and dryer. It, it kind of refuses it over and over and over again. Hot glue is like a miracle. Well, I've always treated the, the hot fusible backing just as something that holds it in place while I stitch it down. Either well, with, with the machine, I mean, this is pretty thick. Or a good heavy needle. Yeah, you'd need a, a heavy-duty sewing machine. But, uh, yeah, you get a good solid heavy-duty needle. and I mean, my sewing machine could do it, especially with with all this white. You can just sew it anywhere inside. What that's pretty nice. So I was looking at that, and then I'm I'm starting to spec out uh, shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. You know, um, Gildan is like apparently really popular with the custom shirts and sweatshirts. Gildan. Gildan is a guild. Yeah. Don't know who that is. Well, it's a company is, like Hanes. Okay. Okay. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So you know. They make clothing. Yeah. The blank clothing. Okay. Like the shirt. So I'm trying to spec <clears throat> out uh, the Klaus shirts. I thought it would be really fun to have a big Klaus head on the front of a t-shirt. But then, uh, and, and then the sketch of, uh, that real quick sketch I did of the the bunnies on their haunches looking at the tree filled with vampire bats. 
So there's a couple of shirts that I'm looking at to kind of promote the show in the very, very near future. Cool. Well, the most critical piece of promotional material will be a video. Will be some sort of footage. Yes. Which hopefully we'll have really soon. Well, you have you have a uh, vacation coming up. I have a break um, between contracts and my job for a month in June, July. So there will be show then. Even if I have to bite the dreaded bullet and green screen elements of the backdrop. Yeah. I have been going, taking myself to task to learn the proper... Uh, uh, techniques for lighting Hollywood style green screen not cheapy home behind the scenes green screen have, but have you tried any all up lighting tests with every light that you can possibly throw on your subjects well I can get good lighting that way my my test is with the set to make it to get the differences between daylight and, and dusk and dark okay so the sets are becoming uh, Super critical. important. Yes. So we got to get the feet on the back of the the flats. Yeah. And start building the um, tree arrays, the modular tree arrays, which means going around finding branches and stuffing the the Tupperware full of dirt and rocks to hold the branches in place, because especially in a show this short lived on a per season you know it's not gonna like we're not gonna do an episode a week for a ton of weeks we're gonna get together we're gonna shoot a ton of minutes and then edit that together really quickly so um real foliage is going to serve perfectly for this or at least the branches will thick branches taken off of trees will serve as tree trunks for the background and then and then paper mache and stuff for uh, the underground holes where they live. There's no furniture because you know they're the bunnies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're anthropomorphic only so far as they have conversations with each other and appear to walk upright. Well, their arms are fairly human-like. Yeah, but they upright. They walk upright. They have arms. They speak appear to communicate in an understandable tongue. So, but other than that, you know, they don't retreat to their man cave. They're not. They're not wearing pants. They're not wearing pants. They're they're not wearing glasses. They're not uh, smoking cigarettes. They're. Like I took poor Adam to task one time. I was like, "Yeah, you can have Klaus like having to drink and 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 seducing his prey." Like, dude, they're rabbits. <laughs> don't don't be nonsense? ridiculous. Seducing his prey is coming up behind her. <laughs> yeah. So. If he can run faster and pin her down, they're mating. That's it. <laughs> You're a husband and wife now. <laughs> but I'm not even a girl. <laughs> what else? <laughs> so I'm going to put the picture up, and then i got to decide if I'm like going to sell the patches and pins and stuff now, or I'm going to wait. But I'm going to put the picture up so people can see it. Yeah. See, I say get all your advertising stuff, your 
patches, your pins, your hats, your whatever. Get it all out there now. Mm -hmm. Let it become this huge thing where people don't even know what it's for. Like the Star Wars licensing <laughs> back in 1976. <laughs> like, oh, I got these action figures. What's this for? I don't know. I bet you this world is really cool. <laughs> well, I do remember when I was uh, a young child and um, we had heard rumors of this thing coming that was referred to as Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. And it was being hyped really big. And we had no idea what Battlestar Galactica was, but we all thought it was cool, mm -hmm. and we wanted to play Battlestar Galactica. We didn't know how to play Battlestar Galactica, right, right. but we wanted to play it because it was being hyped like a son of a bitch. Yeah, and then later on, um, boys and girls would, would date, and, and instead of playing Doctor, they'd play Starbuck and Apollo. <laughs> 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 you know, because they were special friends. <laughs> well, there's a reason why uh, uh, the reboot of the show made one of them a woman. <laughs> <laughs> to, to satisfy all the sexual tension of the like, late 70s, early 80s. Because you know Apollo was going to give it to Starbucks. And he just didn't want to like make the, the fans. The irate. '70s just weren't ready for it yet. You know, I'm not entirely sure about that. Okay, well, so, '70s broadcast television yeah, wasn't. Yeah, because you know that was going on in the '70s. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. was well, the topper? Apollo. Apollo was the yeah. topper. Yeah, face from A Team was, was <laughs> taking it in the face. <laughs> they call him face because that's where he got the money shot. <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool <laughs> who doesn't come in face man <laughs> Hannibal on that jazz <laughs> there's something wrong with you boy <laughs> so <laughs> okay so yeah I'm really excited about the patch um, another thing I'm really excited about is the Muppet series that we just saw the um, promo for the 2015-2016 yeah. season. It looks pretty amazing. I'm, and I, I was surprised that I really hadn't uh, seen or heard more about it. Um, I'm sure that Lisa has uh, probably read more about it than I have. Because she follows the Entertainment Weekly and, and rags like that. It's kind of like... Community and um, and the office meet the Muppets. And that it, it almost looks like a reality show. And and they play it as a behind the scenes. I mean, they play it up. It's a reality show. And um, Gonzo makes fun of it. Yeah, yeah, he's making fun of the the ridiculous tired cutaway interview shots and and that sets up the joke about them talking about stuff and he's like that's ridiculous and they he's doing it <laughs> now i love gonzo i don't know who your favorite muppet is but i mean growing up gonzo wasn't always my favorite but as i become a jaded perverted old guy gonzo like nailed it for me <laughs> gonzo's the blue crazy person lives in the old world who lost after the chickens <laughs> so I'm he's Gonzo. A, he's a man after your own heart. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, I'm Gonzo. <laughs> I I was in 
a, a fan of the the doctor in Beaker. Uh, I don't remember the Bunsen Honeydew. Name. Bunsen yes. Honeydew. Okay. Uh, yes. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker. Yeah. And I I just I can appreciate the look of terror on Beaker's face every time that he was a subject of some misguided experiment. But you kind of identify with that because you're here. Every time I get a crazy idea, you're the only one that's we're, here. We're here to be the subject of of CJ's misguided experiments. <laughs> And fortunately for you, the listener, you can't see the looks of terror on our face. <laughs> you can hear the pity in our voices <laughs> as we me, 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 <laughs> wish that it would all stop. Like, that's a great idea. We I'm not totally, eating that. <laughs> we should totally blend hamburgers and drink them. We'll make hamburger shakes. <laughs> Well, that's coming back to haunt you now, isn't it? <laughs> that is coming back to haunt me. Hamburg, hamburg shakes might be a reality for me pretty soon. Post-surgery, it's going to be shake everything. You know what we haven't done in a while? What's that? We haven't done a beer minute. We haven't done a beer 30? We we haven't talked about my my favorite beverage in all the world. See, I think we're going to call them beer 30s and then uh, whiskey minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I do, because I think after when I'm post-surgery, because if anybody's if following you didn't know along it, at home. Uh, CJ is uh, planning on having his gender reassigned. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my penis and assign it to my bunghole. <laughs> and I'm going to get a divorce and marry myself. <laughs> And make myself the most miserable man in the world. Because at that point, you know, another person in the relationship would just be redundant. It would, it would. <laughs> so, um... So, There's yeah. something wrong with you, boy. <laughs> so, we're drinking right now. And if you didn't buy it, well, tough, because it's all sold out. <laughs> it's the 2015 Parabola from Firestone. Firestone is a uh, a California brewery, mainly in and around um, the. Is it, uh, is it Southern California or Central? Su- southern, right? more Southern. Yeah, uh, can't think of the Mojave name of white wine country up there. Oh, uh, Na- well, um, Temecula. No, no, in between near Buellton. Near where? The coast. Central Valley. Builton. Is that a word? Yes. It's a a city. It's a town. What are the closest towns to it? (laughs) Like Barstow? When you say wine country, I'm thinking Napa. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Temecula, Sarah and I are really fond of the Temecula area wine country because... It's been pretty good, and it's gone was pretty toasty on numerous occasions. When you when you go wine tasting, you're not supposed to drink the whole glass. You're I do not understand the, the, there's the words nothing, coming out okay. of your mouth. There's nothing that says that you're supposed to spit. There's absolutely nothing that says you have to spit when you're drinking wine. Downing the entire glass in one gulp. They don't pour you an entire glass. They pour you a small fraction. Yeah, they of the really glass. don't. And it is. I paid. Up, I paid for enough to know. It is up to you to decide what your limit is. You typically get a finger. 
It's like a a, a middle school date. <laughs> <laughs> you only get a finger. I don't know who you were dating in middle school. <laughs> so the the name of the name of the wine country that I was so desperately trying to remember was Paso Robles. Okay, but what towns are close to that? Buellton is close to Paso no, Robles. Like, like, like towns that aren't made up. <laughs> someone, uh, someone from outside of California. Okay, it's north of uh, Santa Margarita, San Luis Obispo. Um, okay, San Luis Obispo is an actual place. Yes. We're, uh, it's so, south of San Miguel. So we're talking Central Valley area, a little north of Central Valley area, aren't we? I don't know what you damn Californians call this area. He says so. he's lived in California forever. He knows no where <laughs> nothing is. Central Valley, it's that big strip in the middle of the state. <laughs> you know, that provides like all of our agriculture. Yeah. People, people joke that you can break California. You ever Cali- read Steinbeck? <laughs> People joke that you can break California up into two states, Northern California and Southern California. The truth of the matter is, you can break it up in the North and South and the and Central, the, and the central Valley. So you can yeah. have a Central California state, and they would own everything. You could have three states, <laughs> yes. Because The problem is they have to get all the water from Northern California. So, And that's where the Northern California would try to make its money back. But once, But once Oregon got wind of the windfall that Northern would get, they would fuck them right out of existence. <laughs> So, so any upcharge that Northern California would get, Oregon would take away. It's like shit doesn't fall just on you, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, so the whole point of that was Firestone is in and around Central, the Central Valley. Valley. Central Valley, uh, what? Which, which I guess the closest city to that area that people know about is like what Pismo Beach. Pismo Beach? San Luis Obispo. Well, yeah, San Luis Obispo is... Really? Uh, okay. It's north of Pismo Beach. I'm just thinking of our international listeners, because most of them are from India. <laughs> <laughs> or they're robots. Yeah, they're, they're bots. Okay, it's north of L.A. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in... Northwest of L.A. In a, in a Hollywood... If you told them it was somewhere between Los Angeles and Monterey... You might as well say somewhere between Los Angeles and Van, uh, Vancouver. Is that that's, Vancouver? That's a long distance. To Californians, thing. it's the same thing. <laughs> you talking like Vancouver, British Columbia? Yes. Okay. Exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> a couple of interesting stops along the way are Seattle. Portland and um, Eugene. Personally, I don't find Seattle interesting. Really? I I find Portland very interesting. Yeah. Uh, A lot of good porn out of Portland. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking more beer and wine, but... uh, Yeah, I like the... the, A lot of good... uh, The alt-rock amateur mm, type emo porn. mm, Okay. Yeah, Portland's got a good, <laughs> Portland's got a lot of good stuff. I mean, there's girls that don't have tan lights because they don't see the sun in like three, four years. I, I They're positively to, blue. I have to admit, I do prefer pale women. Yes, I don't like tan lights. Yeah. And not because I don't like them to wear clothes, because I, I like it impossible for them to get tan. See, I like a swarthy Hispanic girl. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say gentleman. (laughs) The truth comes out. I I rarely assign the word swarthy to the feminine. (laughs) Maybe to a nice transsexual, like a tea girl. Maybe maybe swarthy is a little bit too visceral for you. (laughs) Like a throbbing. No, I, I agree. I think you've got some hidden tendencies. <laughs> no, they're not hidden at all. No, no, they're, they're not hidden. <laughs> I like myself the occasional swarthy tea girl. <laughs> all the hot transsexuals come out of Brazil anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do admit, you know, uh, Hispanic women are some of the, the most... The, the sexiest, most attractive in the world. I mean, my my like hierarchy is like Hispanic, Asian. I don't even include like the 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 Nordic girls because that's just like ridiculous. I mean, I mean, pale blondes and redheads. <laughs> that's like a fantasy land of unicorns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think my hierarchy is pale redhead, pale brunette. Um. Then I think I'd go with Hispanic. I mean, I love me a pale platinum blonde. You know, I don't like pale platinum blondes. Oh, I love that. I love I love the whole idea of having sex with an albino <laughs> that can't see in the light. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe after Hispanic would come Asian and then pale blondes and mine is Hispanic. If you've got dark hair, I suppose. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's kind of an all-encompassing thing. Yeah, Asians, white chicks, doesn't with dark hair. So I married a six-foot blonde woman. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer. Like the pixiest, the four ten, four eleven type girls, <laughs> and then my wife's like two, almost as tall as I am. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so, let's get back to beer thirty with Jack and CJ because uh, Jason does not partake. He's he's a responsible human being. <laughs> he's realized his limitations earlier than others. Right, right. I'll realize mine about ninety. Yeah, uh, I'll realize mine when. My kidneys explode. It <laughs> just explodes. Or is it the liver? Yeah, the, the one of those what, is going to yeah. explode. Your liver is going to turn gray and rock-like. <laughs> You're going to pass your liver one day. <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. That hurts so, so bad. The Firestone Parabola <laughs> is a uh, I I'd almost call it a boutique beer. It's the 2015 vintage. Yes, I mean. It was the. It was not super expensive, but it was not cheap. I think I don't know if it was fifteen or twenty one dollars for uh, a thirty six ounce, something yeah. like that. Yeah, but you know, since my wife works at, at America's greatest liquor store, beverages and more, um, we get all this cool stuff at a ten percent discount. <laughs> Barely covers tax. <laughs> 
So, so what is the alcohol by volume on it? Uh, alcohol by volume is fourteen percent. Really? Yes, that's really wow. right at the the cusp of being something more than beer. Yeah, that's that's bordering on barley wine or. Right, and I don't know if California has those rules like they do back in the eastern part of the country where rules about alcohol matter because California would just make shit up and all we care about here is the, the marijuana. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, California, as long as you tax it, they don't care. And tax it, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you pretty much... What do you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, just uh, give us a 5% sales tax and you're all good. No, no, 10%. 10, yeah. No, I'm not talking about the, oh, the, the actual sales tax. I'm <laughs> talking about the tax applied directly to the to distillery. The yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the only other state in the union that taxes so heavily is New York. New yeah. York taxes a little more uh, liberally than we do, <laughs> which is tough to <laughs> to imagine. Let's let's try Get, beer thirty again. Beer thirty. We're, we're getting back to. I alcohol. am not going to try to edit this out into something cohesive. We're going to start all over again. Fourteen percent alcohol is pretty impressive. Fourteen percent alcohol in the Firestone's twenty fifteen Parabola Vintage. It's the barrel aged Imperial Stout. I, I don't think that the barrel aging is imparting any alcohol to it. It's just imparting some of that real incredible sweetness that you're tasting in this so it's got an ibu rating yeah 82 okay um and you think it's sweet and it's got an 82 ibu right but ibus is so uh, misleading um but they're not supposed to be well it's supposed to be a scientific impartial measurement of the bitterness of a beverage because it's actually supposed to be some measurement of um a molecular configuration within the beverage. Kind of like, uh, what's the rating for hot stuff? Um, skull. Um, yes, something like that. Skull, skull something. Kelvin. No, 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 no. no. That, that's brightness of sunlight. Yeah. Um, Skullvins. Skullvins? Yes. Okay, that sounds right. We'll go with that. Um, so, so jalapeno peppers have like, what, 100 or something like that? Yeah. Um, I still say it's Kelvin. Yeah. The... Calvin Klein, not Calvin. And Calvin. hotness. Well, when, you said hotness units. When you Calvin get... Klein, it definitely <laughs> measures hotness units. You've seen the commercials. Brook Shields wins it. When you get to the point where your hot sauce is measuring ten thousand Scovins, right? It, it's meaningless. It is meaningless. Not to your tongue. <laughs> Also, if you have possibly to, get any, to your ulcer, it as has, say, if has you some also meaning. get any of those scolvins on your eyes or genitals, that hurts. <laughs> Wash your hands, folks. But but my, <laughs> don't touch your penis. My with point scolvins on them. The difference between a hundred scolvins and ten thousand scolvins. You, I can put a five thousand scolvin hot sauce in front of you, and a ten thousand scolvin hot sauce, and a one thousand scolvin hot sauce. And without any um, additional information, you could not tell me the difference between the three. Because all three of them would hurt you intensely. No, I probably could tell you the difference. All right, all right. Uh, because there's, at some point, like, I love hot shit. Because you're Mexican by rejection? Yeah. Well, I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood. I was beaten up by Mexicans until I was, like, 12. There's hot, 
there's super hot, then there's I'm crying hot. And the hottest I've ever had is it feels like I'm chewing glass hot. Okay, so IBUs, though, are even worse than Scolbin's. Um, in, in its ability to measure In its ability to measure anything. Feeling? Because it, it ranges from zero to 100. I have had 100 IBU beverages. And you think you would make Sour Patch Kids face, right? You'd think that, but it's not. Um, it is all the flavors. I mean, bitterness and sweetness can exist side by side on the palate. But if you have a beverage that is 100 IBUs and has no other characteristics that balance it out, you will probably hate it. But nobody makes a beverage um, that doesn't have other characteristics to balance out. As you pointed out earlier, this is sweet. It When I taste it, I taste sweet. And, and I get it. I get the sweet, you, too. You're claiming that it's 80-something IBUs? No, I'm not claiming the label. Is. The label. Okay. You're asserting that the label claims. I can get that it's bitter. But... The very first thing that hits you when you when you take a drink of it in your mouth is, wow, this is really sweet. It looks like an eight to me. Yeah. It's a second line. Okay, I'll. Uh, I can confirm that it's not a case of CJD eating to. There are thirty five cases of this that were produced. So. Now, to me, that's how I know that the number above it is a eight, not a three. To me. This is sweeter than I care for. Um, I it li- is pretty I like, sweet. I like a little sweetness to balance out the bitterness. People do like sweetness in their stout, though. Mm-hmm. I don't, because I'm a Guinness fan, and I prefer that 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 neutral, stouty goodness. The, my personal favorite stouts are stouts that have the notes of uh, toasted grains, of nuts. Chocolate, um, but not necessarily sweet. Right, and this is very sweet. Yes, it's good. It's got the it's got the um, viscosity I, of a good scout. I stout. am not spitting it out. I am continuing to to consume the entire glass. Well, dude, you drink <laughs> you drink sriracha. We stout. we really shouldn't talk about all the things that I drink. So, <laughs> I mean, you're obviously not going to spit much out. <laughs> If I'm looking for a face finish, I'm looking at Jack because he's not going to spit it out. See, I thought Charles would be the one not to spit. <laughs> well, that's that's not a shock. <laughs> I'll swallow whatever I get in there. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're like 13-year-old drunk and you grew up on Menudo, you know? <laughs> I started my alcohol drinking at 13, and, and and my buddy's dad made us menudo to cure the hangover afterwards. And it's like big pieces of tripe, and like you can't chew these. Nothing happens to them. No, it doesn't. It's stomach lying. It's like chewing like fatty honeycomb. You're supposed to just like swallow it. Once it gets in your stomach, it absorbs the alcohol, and you're all better. That's the story I was told. Maybe it's true. <laughs> Fatty honeycomb cures all. Anyway, so I'm recommending this. Go out and buy it. It can't. Oh, I'm sorry, but 
Um, yeah, your your window of opportunity has passed. So, but it, it's fun if you if you're ever out alcohol shopping next year and you see the limited Firestone offerings, go for it. It is worth drinking. I I am a beverage enthusiast. Um, I like milkshakes. I consider I consider myself to be an, an equal opportunity alcohol consumer. Um, I like beer. I like wine. I like distilled spirits. spirits. Um, <clears throat> my liver doesn't like it, but I do. Uh, so far, my doctor hasn't warned me to stop. So uh, until such time that he does. Have you had a specific check on your liver? <laughs> I, I, I do regular checkups and check. Yeah. And which, talk, which are supposed to like talk to my doctor about my blood tests and yeah know. i mean you every year you should get a full blood workup and mm-hmm. everything but that doesn't necessarily look at everything i mean because without an, without, uh, without an ultrasound or an x-ray or something they're not going to see the size of your liver which yours is probably the size of new york <laughs> yes but its population is much lower <laughs> population of one but it's the size that counts <laughs> it's when it starts turning gray and and calcifying that's when you need to really yeah, and start if you to eject worry. it you have a problem <laughs> so firestone parabola what's the verdict for you jack because you are the expert i love a stout it's a little bit sweet i'd say drink it if you pass it's okay but should our buyers, if they find one on the shelf, should our listeners, if they find one on the shelf, buy it? Um, I think the listeners should buy it, and they should taste it. Um, taste whip. most like what that's currently for sale? Mm. Budweiser. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it, it's it definitely not like Guinness. Um, More one of the sweeter craft stouts. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a name, but... There, there's the oatmeal stouts and, and the um, chocolate milk stouts. Uh, well, you see, I was going to compare it maybe to milk stout, uh, but you can definitely taste the brandy barrel. Um, yeah, it is a little bit different, yeah. It, 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 it's really imparting a lot of sweetness from, from the barrel. It's got to be it. Um, and that's, that's what's coming across to me as the most sweet. I'm, um. If you're familiar with the taste of whiskeys and brandies, then the barrel imparts that really super sweet richness to it. And if you're not, I definitely recommend trying any barrel whiskey barrel-aged stout you can get. Because that will introduce you to this kind of flavor. Yes, absolutely. So, so thanks for that beer 30, which turned into a beer digression. <laughs> beer digression. <laughs> So, I was wondering how many times you guys would just kind of traipse off yeah. into some other subject. <laughs> Jason's like, "Look, man, I'm being good. I'm not doing that shit. Go, <laughs> go have your vices. Come back to me when you have something interesting, like um, the Supergirl. Supergirl. Now that Super- is interesting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so we all saw the promo for the new Supergirl episode uh, series that's going to be on CBS this fall." This fall ain't that far away. It's it's closer than we wanted to be. There was a couple yeah. scenes in that Supergirl promo that I was especially attentive to. <laughs> I'm, I assume it had something to do with costuming. And, yes, uh, skirts and shorts and yeah, there there was like Supergirl panty action happening. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, so um, if you're not familiar... Supergirl is the cousin to um, Call L. Yeah. He, he's that gentleman that flies around the city saving everything from... Better known as Clark Kent. Clark Kent, yeah. So Supergirl is Clark Kent's cousin who came to Earth on uh, an exchange program <laughs> from Krypton... <laughs> She's actually his older cousin. Yeah. Okay, now, um, what's the stupid uh, trivia game, Five Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Six. Six Six Degrees of of Kevin Bacon. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So is she related to Kevin Bacon? No. In one, like, sausage-shaped degree? She is related to another actor who is cast in another superhero movie. Okay, so the actress that plays Supergirl is who? Um, okay, her name is Melissa Benoist. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Um, some of you, uh, who may have more gay inclinations may remember her from Glee. Um, why you assume everyone watches Glee is gay? It's because we ribbed you about it before the show. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was informed that I was gay because I knew that she was on Glee. Uh, she also appeared as Stacy Moore in two episodes of the uh, uh, premium channel uh, series Homeland. Homeland. Uh, but that's not the connection that I'm looking for. I was like, that's a superhero thing? No, what? no. The connection that I'm looking for is with the movie Whiplash. Whiplash with the State Farm insurance guy? She was in the movie Whiplash. And Whiplash, as we know, stars Reed motherfucking Richards as the drumming pussy boy. <laughs> he is Doogie Richards from Doogie the new Richards. Fantastic Four. Yes, yes. As, as I put in the um, text of the description for the last podcast, casting fail, Fantastic Four, Doogie Richards. <laughs> I should have tweeted that. Tweeted that? Tweeted I think it's tweeted. It is tweeted. tweeted. Yeah. I'm trying to find a funny <laughs> wrong way to say it. Tweeter vaded it. Oh, wait. No, that's what I do when so, I masturbate to other people's Twitter pictures. In Whiplash, uh, she appears um, with... Is that the girlfriend? Uh, probably. Um, let me see if I can pull up the cast for that. I didn't see Whiplash. Um, it doesn't sound interesting. He was, he was he was a drummer named Andrew, and her name was Nicole. Did did you see Whiplash, Jack? No, I'm reading this off of IMDb. Okay. Whiplash was a pretty good movie, but it's not the movie that people thought it was. People thought it was a movie about a guy helping somebody become a better drummer. The real movie was about a guy who was in who was totally focused insanely. On trying to like be the catalyst of the next great drumming legend, like he he wanted to find the next great drumming legend, and he wanted that legend to to blossom under his tutelage, under his severe maniacal tutelage. Yeah, that just doesn't scream. Jason needs to see this. I mean, if you grew up a classically trained musician. You know these kinds of people. It may scream. You had. It may scream. Jason versus Freddie. Yeah. Well, 
I grew up a classically trained musician. I went from a really, really um, respectful, nurturing teacher to when he moved on to trying to find someone to fill that that slot to like horrible teachers who had, who had no idea how to teach a little kid who was like technically advanced but still a little kid, you know. So I, I went from my, my classical training career to being like awesome and and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and stuff to rainbows coming out of unicorns butts. Right, right. To to Russian taskmasters that wanted to take my nuts off. See, I'm trying to figure out what Ray would say at this t- at this moment. He would say something gay and make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I was aiming for. <laughs> You should have went with that. <laughs> hey, about- he's got no call. He grew up playing the trombone. So, you know, anybody <laughs> that puts a bone in his mouth and blows horns all day has issues himself. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ray. Occasionally you hear him in the, uh, uh, the trailer music that we have for the show. Yes, yes. He's done a version of the Bunny Rabbit Tragedies as a hard rock guitar version which kicked ass in in one of the episodes i put i think i put it in a few but it it, it pretty much kicked ass and uh, it does it does i try yeah. to get and every time i say okay but that's awesome now let's try this it's like i can't do music that gay <laughs> what <laughs> you'd assume that you know there'd be some there is you know, a certain gay transformation <laughs> by osmosis i mean just proximity to you that uh, <laughs> How do how are we so close yet so different? <laughs> no, he he went the hardcore like heavy metal route when uh, in in those late teenage years, and I transitioned off into like the punk progressive and and then later on the alt. That's because you had the hots for a goth chick and you wanted to get laid. I hope it was a girl, emo okay. girls. Yeah, emo girls, oh, yeah. emo boys, emo girls, boys. They, if you're wearing eyeliner and blue mascara, I'm down. And since I like the small breast, can't always tell the difference. How many golf clubs have you been to in Hollywood? A lot. Supergirl. Let's bring this back to the. Topic. We were talking about. We were talking about we Supergirl. Talking about at Supergirl. One point. And now we're talking about goth transsexuals, cross dressers. I'm not sure I'm responsible for that tangent. <laughs> Can we find a track and stay on it? <laughs> no. <laughs> the desperately random mothers. <laughs> so Supergirl is played by um the Whiplash girlfriend. Yeah. See see why you have to like Boil the chick down to her co-starring role. She's going to star in this series. She's starring as Supergirl. Yeah, the cousin of Superman. And uh, it's basically Superman as a girl in a different city. Like crossplay. <laughs> and it's like Superman without a penis. Or it, maybe dressed up like a girl. And it has Callista Flockhart. In it, okay, and starring play- as like the Devil Wears Prada character, her boss, yeah, the the mean boss that uh, that makes her do demeaning stuff. 
Yeah, someone online mentioned this series as like a Supergirl version of the Spider-Man TV series. I, when I first started watching it, I thought, okay, this is going to be on CW. But it's not. It's like on ABC or CBS or something. It's CBS. I knew it wouldn't be CW because the <clears throat> effects had a bigger budget. I thought the special effects looked really cheap, though. The fly scenes looked terrible. And yeah, but but still better than. And there's what some you'd romantic. There's some rom com scenes happening, like yeah, like yeah, the scenes where very much where she's trying. Okay, this is a little bit demeaning. She's trying on costumes for her boyfriend, who's having coffee, as if it's no big deal that his girlfriend is from another planet and stronger and better than everything else. He's like sipping tea, going, mm, "You're in your underpants, whatever." And you're like. Is that not demeaning? Is it, I know it's supposed to play off as humorous, but it doesn't. Except for the underpants scene, which plays off as hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then she tries the skirt, and I don't know if she tries a longer skirt. And the running gag in that, and I guess it's the running gag in that episode, is that she keeps wearing a cape, and the cape gets shredded until she gets the gift from uh, Clark. Yeah, until he gives her his baby blanket. Right, right. And isn't that kind of a demeaning signal itself? Like, everything that you came up with is not so good. But here's my swaddling cloth, which is way better than you, a grown woman, can come up with. Here's my diaper. Put it on your back. Right, right. Because that's what you get. The swaddling cloth is like a really lightweight Kevlar. So It's coated in adamantium. it's still my diaper. It was wrapped around my balls and my Yeah, ass. that's what I'm saying. I mean, so, so yeah, this is a super awesome chick, but she's only worthy of Kal-El's throwaways and diapers. Yeah. I'm running with this anti-man, anti-female, anti-man stuff, like the whole um, Black Widow, Josh Whedon thing. Are you up with the Josh Josh Whedon Black Widow controversy this what, week? What is this? Okay, so you saw the new Avengers movie. Yes, I did. So the hoopla is Black Widow has been relegated to um, worthless woman, only there to wrangle the Hulk in to calm him down. Black Widow was kind of a badass in that movie. She was reduced... To somebody who put the Hulk to sleep in a romantic way, and she called herself a monster when she referenced her upbringing and sterilization in the assassin school. Joss Whedon got so much BS for this, he canceled his Twitter account again. Because his panties got into a bunch again. And apparently this is the second time he's there. I mean, Joss Whedon's great and all, but you know, I don't care if he loves me or not, because... Fuckers off doing his own thing. It's like saying, I care what God thinks about me. I kind of do, but, you know, nothing I can do about it if he doesn't. Charles doesn't like me? Oh, no! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, Joss Whedon, I mean, he's made a few of my ultimate favorite things. So, I like the guy, but he can't... I like his work. I don't know the guy. Uh, I like Buffy. I don't know what he looks like in a Supergirl costume. I imagine it's pretty attractive. I don't know. It's surprising how much he kind of has this whole Charles thing going on. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So he canceled his Twitter account because he said he didn't have time for it. But he was like a, a, a voracious Twitterer. Um, but no, this week it, it, it's a lot of the the women supporters and stuff are saying he he uh, demeaned Black Widow by making her job to wrangle the Hulk and then feeling bad about herself. I think a lot of people have nothing better to do than piss and moan. Right, everybody's looking I, to crucify I do think somebody. that they're they're overanalyzing a superhero movie. I mean, a blockbuster summer superhero movie whose demographic that they are trying desperately to attract is males between 13 and 35. 15 and I was going to say 15 and 30. I'm going to say 13 to 35. If you're masturbating chronically, that's your demographic. Okay. I'm going for the chronic masturbators. <laughs> so, let, let's say spend money. males 13 to 35? Yeah. So, you need you um, a Hulk vagina wrangler. Uh, vagina Hulk wrangler. That's what you need. <laughs> to There's got to be a girl in there somewhere. <laughs> I was just thinking about Hulk vagina. <laughs> as he said, Hulk vagina. As wrangler. demonstrated by the new your she rant, uh, was she it Hulk? Yes. Was it last episode or was it the episode before last? Well, where a couple episodes, you uh, waxed poetically about how Black Widow would need to elasticize her vagina in order to accommodate Bruce Banner. See, but I was, out. I was wrong. I was obviously sexist. <laughs> And you're not sexist now. I'm still sexist, but I'm I'm better. You're, you're no longer wrong. No, I'm still wrong. I'm always okay. wrong. So you're still wrong, and you're I'm, still sexist. I'm just so trying to be better. What what has changed? There's something wrong with you, boy. Hulk obviously needs to have a homoerotic male wrangler in Avengers Three, and. That should be Thor, because he's the girliest looking one. <clears throat> well, yeah, and in the, that, new, in the new all comic that beautiful books, platinum blonde hair. In the new gold. comic books, he's actually become a woman. Yeah, I think it's the same Thor. It's just now, whenever he picks up the hammer, it's it's up to Joel Nier to decide what sex he is. Is it an innie or is it an outie? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you left the stem off the apple, son. Oh, <laughs> oh Thor doesn't care. Jolnir doubles as a dildo. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Uh, we, were talk- we were talking about, about Joss super- Whedon. And, and the Supergirl series. Supergirl and the, the flying demeaning women. The flying special effects look pretty cheap in that uh, promo. Oh, it, it almost looked like Greatest American Hero. So. I was thinking yeah. like Lois and Clark. Yeah, well, I never watched that. So. Oh, really? Yeah. It was the best... Not a Superman series ever. <laughs> like once in a while, it was like about Clark trying to date this girl named Lois Lane, and occasionally he'd have to go off, and his job would get in the way, and, and he'd put on a costume and like a fireman. And, and you, and you, call me gay for having seen episodes of Glee. And the fireman is the guy that Lois wanted to have the sex with, not the Clark Kent. Somehow it's romantic. I think it's just like Clark wasting his time on like a popularity chaser. It's like when the nerd 
goes for the head cheerleader, and she wants the jock, but the nerd was secretly the quarterback of the football team. That's a movie they need to make. <laughs> About this guy who's twins, but he's not. Hmm. So he pretends to be twins. Oh, he pretends to be twins. So one of the twins is, is the a popular nerd, quarterback. And the other yeah. is the captain of the chess club. Yes. Okay. Yes. And the girl that he wants is the head cheerleader, but she's in love with the captain with the quarterback. And her best friend is the captain of the chess team. You have so many amazing ideas. I can't imagine why you're not better known than you are. (laughs) Amazing is relative. (laughs) To the amount of alcohol you drink. (laughs) So so I'm going to watch Supergirl. But I'm probably going to wait until a chunk of episodes air to watch it all at once. I'm going to put it on my DVR and watch them like as they come like, out. Oh, yeah? But uh, I'm not going to run to my to make sure you caught TV and, and see it as soon as I possibly so can. As far, as far as I know, Constantine hasn't been picked up yet. Constantine? What's canceled? What the hell is that? The Hellblazer show? Yes. It's a comic book. It's a Vertigo comic book from DC. Okay. I'm I'm just kind of amazed that they would think to do one. Oh no, it's been airing and and it was canceled. And they're looking for a new home for it. Okay, so um, where television shows go to die right now is Yahoo, like Community. Community. Yeah, Yahoo, who who has like significant investors. Yahoo. That that keep telling it you're relevant. <laughs> and people people don't go to your portal just because they have an insanely old email address. <laughs> people that invest in Yahoo, and I apologize to my close friend who works there, um, <laughs> are investing because they can't afford Google uh, or Apple or Microsoft or uh, Oracle. Or God forbid Google turn Google.com into the portal page because then people wouldn't know what to fucking do. <laughs> because if you just had the top third of the page, the Google search bar, and the bottom two-thirds of the page, the portal at the news and whatever, <laughs> Google would own the Internet. Because <laughs> you go to Yahoo right now, and you're going to see the Yahoo portal. And maybe somewhere you're going to find a search box and you're going to find a link to log in to get your email because that's what people are used to. Because that's where people have gone to since AOL closed its doors. Which well, they didn't, but people <laughs> Is AOL still around? Yes. They they are. Yeah, yeah. AOL is... is well, they did have, they, did they, have they go be. DSL? Well, AOL ha- is still around because the United States government's still around, as we all know. AOL is DARPA-backed. Jack's not allowed to say anything. <laughs> Jack just smiles and <laughs> <laughs> AOL supported by the American taxpayer. Thank you very much. Um, no, but you know MSN is still around, and um, I mean, there's other big portals out there. People choose their portals seemingly based on their uh, email addresses. That's why I said if if Gmail took you to a portal rather than your inbox. 
They can control the internet. Yeah. They do control the internet if you really look at it. That was interesting. <laughs> this is my sports app. <laughs> <laughs> so what interested team did something? Oh, well, the Rockies and uh, Dodgers game was interrupted. Okay. Probably due to weather. All right. <clears throat> so... Where were we? Supergirl, you're going to watch it. Um, Jason's going to watch it. I'm going to wait for a punk, uh, chunk of episodes. Jason's going to DVR it and watch it as, at his convenience. And you are going to you forego know, it in favor of Glee? I, I, I think maybe that's gone off the air now. So um, I think the final episodes have already aired. So okay. I have to move on to, uh, to something else if I want to watch... Uh, uh, something with show tunes. Something with show tunes, yeah. Ah, oh, Pitch Perfect 2. There you go. It's uh, the Glee movie that Glee never made. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so if I want to see people pretending to be high schoolers. Uh, You'll watch Happy Days. 21 Jump Street. <laughs> 21 Jump Street. So then final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, Favorite things this week? Comics you've read? Shows you've seen? Um, I am so loving Outlander. That's uh, that pornographic uh, TV show on AMC? Or the History Channel? No, no. It's it's a premium uh, stars network. Uh, That's why it's pornographic. Yes. Uh, like softcore pornographic. The the author of the books is more or less a romance novelist. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey, as written by Gore Vidal. Um, she has an eye. That's that's some. She has an eye for history (laughs) and historical authenticity. It's like I want to write porn, but I want to write historic pieces. So I'm historic porn. Historic porn. It's more than a bodice ripper. Yeah. Uh, And uh, uh, damn if it is not really fucking erotic. Okay. Um, Now, I know people who read the books that love the series. I mean, they're very different, though, they say. I I have not read the books. Uh, Lisa has read the books religiously. Is Um, she happy with the series? Yeah, she's happy with the series. Okay. So it has nothing to do with the old Sean Connery movie. Oh, Outland. Yeah. Where he's the space sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. It's high noon in space. No, yeah. it's a good movie. <laughs> I like that. Outlander, uh, spoilers. Um, a World War II nurse goes back in time to Scotland? I think so. Yeah. Um, to where the Scots are basically contemplating rebellion against the crown yeah so william wallace type yeah not does she know how that's gonna go and try to stop that <laughs> or does she just fuck she all knows. the hot guys in skirts <laughs> she knows how it's gonna go and she's like torn between wanting to support them and and bet them all and warn them fly. that this is not going to end well okay so so that's your favorite thing this week I 
Uh, last week's episode was pretty amazing. Okay. What do you got for us, Jason? Anything? I was really impressed with the Flash and the Arrow this week. Okay. Um, they're they're wrapping up their season. Uh, Arrow just wrapped up uh, Wednesday. Flash will wrap up Tuesday. They were really, really excellent episodes. People are saying they're worth watching. I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting for the whole season to be done so I can like binge watch over the next few so weeks. Which of us is more gay? Me for watching Outlander or Jason for watching Arrow and Flash? Outlander. <laughs> Green Arrow is like the coolest DC guy ever. <laughs> yeah. The, like modern day. You are so fucking gay for saying that. <laughs> the show Arrow is Batman without the bat suit. It's Batman in a Green Arrow costume. Okay. <clears throat> Our updated Robin Hood. Yeah. I mean, which I think was the intention. If you look at the original Green Arrow costume, it was totally an updated Robin Hood. And how would that work? Well, and I, you really found its home when when Green Arrow tackled the social issues of the I think late what 60s. Jason and I can agree on is that you need to watch more Daredevil. Yeah. More Daredevil, yeah. The Daredevil. I've watched is I've watched the third amazing. episode and yeah. But you had watched the third episode two podcasts I ago. watched them again with Sarah cuz she wants to like catch up and watch them with me. All right. So So my, get off your ass, man. Are, are, are you caught up? Can you move on? No, I'm we're at third episode. Right now, um, yeah, like. Well, last I heard, four comes after three, so. You know, we'll see. Move along, little doggy. We'll see. Um, and, you know, my cool thought for this week is I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy again. You know, we all know it's out on Blu ray and whatever, and Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy is great. But I, was, I, I told Jack, I was watching the prison scene in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And getting really hot. Yeah, because of all those, uh, like. Uptight, tense prisoners that only have sex with each other. Right now, there's a green girl in there, and I've always wanted a green girl ever since I saw that episode of Star Trek, where Kirk is like giving it to the the green. So yeah, it was a great. Guardians of the Galaxy had not only a green girl, it had a A blue blue girl. girl. So you had a green girl and a blue girl, and they were both amazingly hot. They're both smoking. Yes. They were sisters. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, yes. Man, if I were Thanos, I wouldn't be conquering the universe. I'd be conquering my daughter. What? I'd be conquering the green and the blue. Yeah. That's uh... Well, that's, they're not his blood daughters. He just kidnapped them. So, whatever. Um, in the prison scene... Keep it in the family. When they, yes. When, when they bring the Guardians into the prison and all the prisoners are shouting at them and, and telling them they're going to, like, kill them, have their way with them and, you know, whatever. In that prison scene is Lloyd Kaufman. Really? The infamous Lloyd Kaufman. The Lloyd Kaufman. The creator of Toxic, Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. So, Trauma Pictures. Trauma Pictures. Lloyd living Kaufman. legend. The, the man that... We saw it. Was it Kamikaze or one? It was, was Kamikaze. Com- it was Kamikaze. Got a picture of me and Lloyd, and, and he was an amazing person. He was he friendly. He was personable. He would talk to you. He would shake your oh hand. Oh my god! Yeah, he would yeah. let you take pictures with him, and he seemed incredibly genuine. So Lloyd, props, man. Yeah, um, I met Lloyd at Comic Con years ago. When Comic Con was basically about comics, 
Oh, so you and get the, tickets all the way through? You, yeah. you go walk up and buy tickets? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> which which is in contrast to this another, year. And another amazing person in pop culture, Stan Lee, when I ran into him at Comic-Con uh, probably close to a decade ago, uh, what I heard was people shouting a phalanx, a flying wedge of muscle-bound security guards cutting their way through the crowd at Comic-Con, shouting, Make way for Stan Lee! <laughs> he, this is your god! <laughs> well, you... You've got to understand these, that Stan's got to get to a certain yes. place. These and if you don't, six hundred pound bodyguards out of the way. He's never going to get there. That's right. Six hundred pound bodyguards in a wedge formation, cutting their way through the crowd, trampling over poor geeks, and beating them down with the butts of rifles. I'm surprised they so, weren't carrying. Somehow, them on. I'm I'm not picturing the rifles. <laughs> I'm saying they were jackbooted. <laughs> Jack's saying Stanley was phalanx by stormtroopers who were making sure he can get to where he needs to go. Were they like they the were white part- armor stormtroopers? They were parting the, the SS crowd. uniform stormtroopers. Uh, they were wearing sharp business suits. They had earpieces and they were reaching into their coats. They were all dressed uh, in long robes with staffs like Moses, <laughs> parting the Red Sea of comic nerds to get Stan where he needs to go. Because that's the kind of miracle you need at a comic con. Well, see, and Will Eisner before he died. They did the same thing for him. Yeah. So if you didn't do that, Will would never get to the table where he's doing his signing. I'm, it I mean, just the, wouldn't happen because Will would get there, mobbed. There, there are a handful Stan would of, get mobbed. There are a handful of legends in the comic universe. There's you know Will Eisner, there's Stanley, there's Bob Kane, there's Jerry Siegel, there's Joe Schuster, there's um, the names escape me, the guys who created... Um, Green Lantern, the Wonder Woman, and the core of things. I mean, probably there's probably twelve super important legendary comic guys, and they all deserve their own phalanx wherever they go. <laughs> Even in its downtown, on their woman, they should have a phalanx to say, "Woman's vagina, here comes Stanley, make way." And he probably needs that. I mean, he deserves it. He's, he's like what ninety three. 92, 91. Anyway, Stan Lee's up there. Hopefully at some point, some of us get that to be that popular. Maybe if we keep doing shows like this, we can get there. <laughs> I'm just saying, CJ, when you get there, remember the little guys. That, <laughs> whose shoulders you climbed over. <laughs> They'll have little Klaus Bunny patches <laughs> affixed to them. I will preserve my Klaus Bunny patch, and I will wear it. As a secret token that will admit me into your inner circle. Hopefully it won't be such a secret. <laughs> but this is probably the, the tattoo that I will get. The, the, the little Klaus emblem that ends up on everybody's stuff. Okay. All right, so that's going to be the, this week's Desperate Mothers podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jason Rice. And I'm Jack Fisher. Uh, hop on. <laughs> <laughs>